everybody, and welcome to The Prime Subjective, a Star Trek podcast. I don't know why I went straight Mrs. Doubtfire. It really came out real hot. Mrs. Doubtfire, oh, I apologize. I heard I heard Mary Poppins. You heard Mary Poppins. Oh, thank you. That's the purity of tone. Welcome to The Prime Subjective, mm-hmm. a Star Trek podcast. Uh, I am your host, Chris Newcomer, who is quietly losing their mind. Uh, with me, as always, is Michael Henley. <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to follow your. Oh, I didn't hear it. Nothing came through. Did you? I think you spiked clear across the microphones, and actually, nothing came came out. Okay, all right. I'm gonna do a second take of that, just with a little bit less enthusiasm. Hello. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Dulcet tones. Beautiful Mm. dulcet tones. And we've got Carrie Mm. Coleman Henners. It wasn't me. It was a run by fruiting. It's a run by fruiting. <laughs> I'm having hot flashes. Um, and we have a very special guest today, one of Carrie's compatriots from the end crowd, a improv team that has been running here for a certain amount of time that's very good here in Philadelphia, the end crowd. We've got Vegas Lancaster here to join us. Hi, I've been doing improv for a certain amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what all our, that's what all our resumes should say for whatever we do. I've been doing improv for mm-hmm. a certain amount of time. Yes. A woman of a certain should, age. Um, <laughs> really should not put improv on your resume. You really shouldn't. <laughs> really shouldn't uh, do that. You make up a joke for us? Yeah, it's really a lot of fun <laughs> when you put that on there. Well, Vegas, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you're a Star Trek enthusiast because I met you uh, at Carrie's uh trexgiving party yeah. a couple years ago and i think yes. you, you were you were full-on ready it was it was a great star trek time we had yeah that was uh that, that was fun carrie loves star trek and friends and um really <laughs> found a way to put those things together <laughs> she really did she really did and she even had that picard uh, captain picard day banner in her kitchen i thought mm-hmm. that was a real piece de resistance of mm-hmm. uh so mm-hmm. of so mm-hmm. star trek paraphernalia it was really quite mm-hmm. good Mm-hmm. But yeah. Vegas, um, before we get around to, um, yeah, we'll, we'll do one more thing first with everybody, and then I'm going to ask, ask you a specific question. So I want to think, I'm going to tell it to you the question first, and give you a second to think about it. So just mm. think about what what got you into Star Trek? What's the thing that got you into Star Trek in the first place? But I'll give you a second to think about it while I ask Mike and Carrie how they've been, okay? Hey, Mike, how you doing? Hey, Chris, I'm doing great. So uh, you know how like when you're, you know, living with your significant other and then they have to go out of town for a couple of days and you're like, I'll be fine. I'll, you know, do a bunch of stuff and I'll have great time. And then you just go stir crazy. Um, you're just like, oh, I miss them so much. Um, so uh, she's back and everything's great. I spent the entire weekend basically organizing my Gmail, which has not been organized in, what decade is this? Um <laughs> Like 2011, I want to say. Oh my so, god! So um, there were so many Bed Bath and Beyond coupons, guys. So oh, just in time for them to go out of business. <laughs> I know. I know. It's probably why they went out of business. They kept giving yeah. me coupons. I didn't even use them. <sighs> well, I'm glad you managed so... to fight off the stir craziness. Um... Um, yeah, no, but it was it was good. I caught up with a couple. Uh, you know, I'm a big you know Oscar watcher so catch up with a couple oscar movies and things like that and it was, it was it was nice it was cool but also my significant other is home and i'm so glad she's home oh good let the let the let the love continue we love that that's great mm-hmm. to hear. <laughs> hey carrie how are you doing hi i'm doing great you know 
um, I have a baby. So my life is like trying to find a balance between taking care of the baby, spending time with the baby and, you know, being a, a person in the world that exists <laughs> and um, talks to people. <laughs> so it's not just like, um suddenly I have a baby and I turn into like I'm Arlo's mommy you know like I don't have a name anymore um (laughs) I don't I don't want that like I don't want that so I've been thinking about that um but in the meantime just basically napping thinking about naps working to the next nap uh napping and eating and this is your nap not the baby's nap right oh no 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 (laughs) my life revolves around the baby's naps that's basically it yeah but i did but um mike said something that uh i just want to think about because when you said you had bed bath and beyond coupons you said coupons but i know some people say coupons and mm-hmm. some people say coupons and i'm just wondering who those people like why who why like, do people say coupons in a regional dialect you know like because hmm. i used to i used to, i would say coupon all the time people started making fun of me and i'm like mm. why that's how you say it, right? So are you coupon. thinking that people who still say coupon are those who have not been um, berated Educated? about it? No, I don't know. <laughs> berated? I don't know. I don't know. So I think I'm just language uh, is alive, right? We're allowed yeah. to say yes. things how kind of mm-hmm. however we like, and it's all mm-hmm. kind of, we all made it up anyway. So coupon mm-hmm. is right. Coupon is right. I'm going to start it's- calling them happy cards and see who responds to that. <laughs> I mean, it's it. all like how the universal <laughs> translator is. Exactly. Right. Right, 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 right. And so it would be rather than that, it would be like, you know, um, <clears throat> a discount when the store opened or whatever, if we're doing it in the vein of, um, you know, uh, yes, a shaka when the walls fell, that kind of yes, thing. Yes, yes. Um, discount when the store opened. <laughs> discount when the store opened. Um, <laughs> cheap Is soda stream bottle. For Thank nerds. <laughs> I hate to tell you, Vegas, it really is. It is a deep oh, podcast. Damn, damn. I know that you, as someone who is very cool, very, very, very cool, accidentally got here. But since you're accidentally here on a Star Trek podcast that someone thought you might like to do Star Trek on, talk about Star Trek on, could you tell us what got you into Star Trek in the first place, being such a cool person? Yeah, I mean, probably like many people at this point, um, I started watching Star Trek very young because I lived with my older cousins at the time and the one of them loved Star Trek and I watched it with them uh, the next generation with them and just was just indoctrinated from a very young age so there wasn't any time where I didn't like Star Trek or had to think Mm -hmm. about whether or not I do um <laughs> yeah yeah never questioned yeah. never questioned the, the, the concept yeah yeah no no that's perfect i love that you use the word indoctrinated and i think that happens with sports guys football you guys know that you Heard guys a rumor. Know football yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's uh extremely true yeah our yeah. cult has a lot less concussion you know what i'm saying that's all i'm saying anyway mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, that's good. I mean, I think a lot of us come through it. Like, I think I was, I watched my dad, liked the original series and then we watched next gen together. And so sort of what got it for me. So I think it's that family connection is a big one for people. Um, that Saturday afternoon, easy watch <laughs> late afternoon, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. 
Um, yeah, when I when I came home from high school later on, like right around four o'clock, that's when mm-hmm. the original series came on the Sci-Fi Channel, and I would watch that like every day. Uh, and then just uh, especially with um, when they put everything on streaming, we oh yeah. you know went back and watched pretty much everything is like easy stuff to watch while eating dinner. And yep, that's Star Trek. <laughs> well there's just also so much of it back back in the 90s too i mean you couldn't you couldn't we just had so many series and so much to watch so yeah easy to get into that's great i i had this theory this like random theory that popped into my head on this subject like what if star trek is really not a great show but they just keep play going on and on and on and on that people it's just there people well, I mean just... as the world turns it's still on the air so I mean it does happen yeah. every once yeah. every now and again yeah. you know <laughs> like, like like staple, everybody loves like Raymond or Frasier sure <clears throat> yeah. wait like, yeah. a minute wait wait I mean, mediocrity core we... yeah absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> what, what? <laughs> like, like the big bang theory like the big bang Ooh, okay. careful I, careful we're gonna wait, get we're gonna wait. get letters I'm, I'm <laughs> just I'm just listing CBS shows you think all. we're gonna get letters about mentioning the big bang theory as mediocrity <laughs> but not fraser are you what i only heard everybody loves raymond i missed the fraser swipe i do think fraser is very a very highbrow and like, very good <clears throat> one of the best sitcoms ever and they're rebooting and it <laughs> everyone loves everybody loves raymond is pretty good yeah hey deborah yeah i think and it's the big really bang great. theory was totally a show that was on tv <laughs> <laughs> It, it gave us young Sheldon, and that is a thing that happened. That's, um, yeah, that's right. <clears throat> <laughs> but anyway, this is Carrie. Carrie also likes to do this fun thing. Like she liked last time when we had we had a guest on who is a um, someone who writes plays for theater. Carrie mm-hmm. thought that was a fun time to say, "I hate theater." just a full <laughs> wow and I, was on the, I, was, I then went on vacation with this person and he kept saying it, it very laughingly we like yeah i hate theater too like the, over this whole vacation uh-huh. from mexico city referencing the i hate theater so uh so it was on, a Carrie. joke it no, was I a know, joke I because i know that everyone loves theater so i said the opposite thing i feel like especially during tech week everybody hates theater i mean that's right <laughs> that's right <laughs> I love that. That's very funny. Well, we should probably jump in since we've got two yeah. two episodes to discuss today. Um, and I'm gonna. Well, why don't we start with the um, the classic episode um, from Next Generation Symbiosis? I'm gonna give a little um, a little synopsis of how that went, and then we'll talk about um, the episode of Picard that we watched. So, uh, the Enterprise okay. attempts to rescue the freighter Sanction, which has been disabled by a star's magnetic field and is about to collide with the planet. An agreement is reached to transport over the crew of the freighter, but they surprisingly send over the cargo barrels first. They also sound super high on the call. They don't have this on the, <laughs> in the thing, but they sound crazy high. Uh, the Enterprise crew attempts to transport the freighter's crew, but is only successful in recovering four of them before their ship is destroyed. Two, uh, Tajan and Romas are scruffy and unshaven, while the other two, Sobi and Langor, are groomed and well-dressed. They all show relief that the barrels made it over and little remorse for the lost ship and crewmen. Both groups start to fight over the ownership of the barrels using electrical shock attack from their bodies and are escorted to the observation lounge under guard. 
The two pairs come from different planets within the same system. It is explained that the barrels contained contain felicium, a medicine for a plague which is ravaging the planet Ornara. The medicine is produced on the planet Breca, but the Ornarans are the only race in the system with the means of space travel. The two remaining Ornaran ships were built long ago and are beginning to fail due to overuse and lack of maintenance. Um, the Ornarans no longer know how to repair them. <clears throat> Captain Jean-Luc Picard, played by newcomer Patrick Stewart, offers to return them to each return them each to Ornara and provide replacement parts for the remaining freighters. The Breckens, Sobi, and Langor argue that they retain ownership of the Felicium as the items the Ornarans offered in payment were lost on board the freighter. Tijan and Romas of Ornara are suffering from the effects of the plague and are sent to sickbay where Dr. Beverly Crusher, played by the luminous Gates McFadden, can find no reason for their symptoms. Luminous. In a gesture of goodwill following the demand of compassion from Crusher, the Breckens offer two doses of Felicium for Tijan and Romas's immediate needs. Langor explains that the entire Brecken economy and industry is devoted to producing the medicine for Ornara, whose inhabitants provide Brecca with the necessities of daily life in return. After Tijan and economy. <laughs> it's, yeah, really, a really diverse economy. <laughs> I wonder what their inflation is like. After Tijan and Romas take their doses, Dr. Crusher realizes that Felicium is actually a highly addictive narcotic, and the plague itself was cured long before. So the <clears> symptoms <throat> believed to be attributed to the plague are actually withdrawal symptoms. Crusher wants to offer assistance to aid the Ornarans in breaking free of their addiction, but Picard warns that the Federation can't cannot intervene due to this new thing called um, the Prime Directive. He and Crusher is not new. Sorry, that's that was my own addition. He and Dr. Crusher later question the Breckens alone and confirm that the Breckens know the truth regarding the plague being eradicated, the addictive nature of the medicine, and are exploiting the Ornarans because Brecca's economy would collapse if the Ornarans no longer needed Felicium. The Enterprise arrives at Ornara, and Sobi and Langor have agreed to provide the Felicium to the Ornarans for later payment. Picard announces that as the Prime Directive prevents him from interfering in the transactions between the two planets, it also prevents him from providing any replacement parts for the aging freighters. Sobi and Langor, Tijan and Romas, are furious at the decision as it means that the trade between Ornara and Breca will stop because the freighters can no longer make the trips without the parts. After the four are transported off the Enterprise, Picard confides to Dr. Crusher that while the Ornarans may suffer from withdrawal symptoms in the short term, there will be opportunity for both races to advance in their own ways. What a wild episode, y'all. My goodness. Woo. It sure was. (laughs) Boy, howdy. It was really neat to see this episode from 1987 just kind of in the middle of Reagan era, uh, uh-huh. uh, very special episodes of TV about drugs, uh, and seeing Star Trek's take on that was neat. Yeah, very a very yeah. Nancy Reagan message from Tasha Yar yeah. kind of coming through at that one yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, Tasha Yar explaining to Wesley why drugs can be fun, but I hope you never do them. Was, uh, <laughs> that really hit the nail of that. 80s tone on the head i always remembered speaking of that monologue for some reason i always remember her referring to it as i know she calls it the rape planet at some point not in this episode but she definitely not in this episode but for some reason i remember that monologue her just going off about the rape planet like when i was on the rape planet 
and all like <laughs> obviously I misremembered that, but um well it's a I similar did. it's a similar damning tone. It's like, well, I come yeah. the whole the whole thing is basically Tashiar comes from shit planet where bad stuff yeah. happens, you know. Yeah. I also <laughs> remembered it a little differently too, that um obviously uh, uh Wesley Crusher is like, what are drugs? Why is yeah. why is why is why is drugs? Why is um, drugs? And yeah. uh, but what I didn't remember that the adults knew about it. They weren't ignorant to drugs. I when I was thinking about this episode, I kind of remembered it as, oh, nobody really knows about drugs. But they did. They knew about drugs. They're not stupid. It was just that they used Wesley Crusher's character to convey the innocence of it i guess yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> definitely appreciate yeah. that dr crusher was like i can fix this in like a minute if you'll let yeah. me <laughs> like, no no <laughs> there's a hypo spray for that guys yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> she's got you know um whatever the narcan or whatever the, the hypo spray version of what they need is um yeah I liked it for this episode of Picard that we're watching because of Raffi's scenes mm -hmm. where she's on that, wherever she is. On Metallus Prime? Metallus. Metallus. Yeah, Metallus. Metal Metallus. Or Metallus. Oh, yeah, whatever. like Terry Metallus, like yeah, the showrunner. It is, it is, okay, the it is show named runner. for Terry yeah. Metallus, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, the showrunner of Picard. Which I should point out, actually, apparently it was named way back in an Enterprise episode because Terry Metalis was like Brandon Braga's assistant and Brandon was basically just like, I'm going to name a planet after you. So this is not a showrunner going, I'm going to name a planet after myself. It was like, it was already done. It had already Okay, happened. so they decided to use it. Okay. Exactly. exactly. All right, that's fine. That makes it better, I guess. <laughs> but I didn't really care. Like, I would probably name a planet after myself. <laughs> Absolutely. If I, I, would, I would as well. I would as well. Yes. <laughs> this is the Coleman Hinner's planet. Um, that's or I would like good, name it after I mean, like, a fun yeah. nickname. Like this is like uh, Meat Sweats for <laughs> <laughs> Meat Sweats. See, I have low self esteem, so I'd be like, I'm gonna name myself. I'm gonna name an asteroid after me. You know, or like, or like a nebula. Michael, you like, deserve I'm a big old gas giant planet. <laughs> you deserve a gas giant. <laughs> you deserve a gas giant. Uh, well, if I had a nickel, man. But what other fun stuff did you guys like from uh, this TNG episode? And I hope you say what I'm thinking. I love no the pressure. costumes. <laughs> the costumes in this episode are so good, especially the Onarans. You're thinking of the Breckens, I, right? You're thinking of like the fancy people? The fancy people. I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. I, got, mm -hmm. I got them. I got them swapped around. Yes, the, yes, the Breckens, basically. The, the pushers, if you will. Yeah. Um, because they are so. You mean the pharmaceutical like, reps from Brecca? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the 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 people who give you uh, free pens. Um, they are so like flashy foil seventies Buck Rogers. You know, like mm -hmm. so, just kind of like ah, oh, remember sci-fi? Yeah, <laughs> stuff that like you know, like the stuff where you know, like like it. It honestly looks like. It honestly look honestly looks straight out of like well an original Star Trek episode maybe <laughs> um so but I love those outfits so much They're whenever so there's a sci-fi challenge on RuPaul's Drag Race and one of the queens <sighs> dresses like that woman they call it Judy Jetson Hooker and I think that's a good sort of you know vibe <laughs> for it. yeah <laughs> that's really good yeah that's right 
Well, I like that. I also like any episode where this is a good Bev episode. Honestly, she got to like be like, "Hey, something's yeah. up here. I can yeah. fix something. I'm passionate. Mm-hmm. Like, listen to yeah. me." Yeah, um, and it's interesting because we're seeing Bev and Picard's relationship in the new Picard, and this was a good relationship episode for them too. Yeah, yeah, dynamic. And and I feel like so you know cards on the table like this is the first season episode of next generation and they're kind of they're 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 kind of sewing their oats kind of a little bit they're figuring out what works and what doesn't and everything mm-hmm. and i feel like this is one of those episodes that i feel like oh i would have loved if they had like done this episode later because i felt like they could really have made a meal out of it still they're 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 kind of learning how to make a meal here in this episode and i think what it really comes down to is like i feel like you know, the prime directive is so important as like a storytelling tool, but I feel like Picard is, I feel like even in this episode, which is late in the first season, they don't really quite have a, a, a handle on Picard aside from like, well, he's the guy who's basically yay prime directive, but like, it's so much more interesting when the captain is just like, you know, and, and, and the episode kind of finds a way around it because like he upholds the 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 letter of it maybe technically not the spirit but he kind of does what's mm-hmm. right but like I, I i think it's yeah. i think it's way more more kind of involving basically when i think the captain is kind of registering a little bit more trying to find a way around the prime directive than picard is here and he kind of gets it a little bit basically but you know i, I kind of liked it i liked it because i thought his decision was exactly spot on what he should have mm-hmm. done Big, he not mm-hmm. which is nothing like you're going to just deal with this yourself and i'm not giving you anything because right. that was the pos- that was the best possible way to resolve that situation is mm-hmm. let them resolve it this has nothing to do with us goodbye yeah right. yeah i you did know? I did appreciate um, his uh, attempts to explain why the prime directive is good and they should follow it too. Yeah. Uh, A lot of times it feels like it's just an obstacle that they have to work around. (laughs) And I did like that he used following the prime directive to solve the problem in this case. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I really appreciate I really appreciate that because like in a prime directive story, you know, we've talked about a couple of like, even like on this show, like, like, like it's the kind of thing where just like, you really need to articulate it well. And I think this episode did, because if you don't, then it really comes across the crew basically just being like, oh, I just don't feel like dealing with it, you know, like, which is, you know, different than what the point of the prime directive is. Yeah. You don't want mm. your heroes to be like, oh, I'm just following orders. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it sounds like somebody else. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I really liked everyone rolling their eyes at how incompetent the crew of the freighter was before <laughs> they figured out what was wrong with them. Like, yeah, so we put that where now? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, so like, yeah. how do we do that? Yeah, cool, man. I love the idea of people in space though like not actually knowing anything about their spaceship because me too people are out yeah. there on the road all the time with their car like I would drive their spaceship car. cars I don't, I don't know how the car works I don't know how to fix the car I don't know where the parts are I know how yeah. to drive the car there really needs to be yeah. space AAA in the Federation, honestly. Like, yeah. really mm-hmm. me here, honestly. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That's actually how the Fenris Rangers started, and then it got kind of out, out of control. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I also really enjoyed the zapping powers of oh, these, my gosh. these two that. planets. Oh, my gosh. 
I, I wish about, yeah. there were more powers. You see so many uh, uh, species with t- telepathy, uh-huh. but mm-hmm. you don't see very many other types of powers that aliens have. It's very focused on telepathy, I think, in the brain. It was interesting. I, I thought about this when you were recapping the episode earlier, Chris, that <laughs> they introduce those electric powers that they can shock each other pretty early on. And that doesn't go anywhere. Anywhere. No, yeah. no, completely, no. Completely no. drops off the face of the planet. Yeah, it's absolutely. just incidental. It's just cool. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. Well, it's like, it's not only do they not use this to hijack the barrels or, you know, get, yeah. get what they need or fight further. They also, it doesn't play into any of the way that their um, technology has seemed to evolve. Yeah. You would think mm-hmm. that being able to produce electro, electro whatever from your body would allow you to make things happen to jump sharp jumps jump your ship or you maybe know. it's just static electricity like yeah they've just been rubbing just their shuffling. feet shuffling yeah they they're their shoes off their they're feet. rubbing their feet on the carpet yeah, sure, yeah. they got sure, balloons yeah, back yeah. there that makes a lot yeah of they're sense. just very good at that <laughs> um but speaking of the other thing that stands out in my mind is when he zapped will Riker and that pose that he made oh like, i was just about to yes yes um I, I, you can't see it on the podcast but i'm going <laughs> yeah she she did it once she said you can't see it and she did it again you still can't see it <laughs> i know you can imagine it but you can imagine it but, you can, but it's so crazy it's no, it really crazy. Is, I mean, and like yeah and uh you know this is not one of um you know like i love jay frakes basically i got nothing against jay frakes he's the best basically he's our silver fox uh <laughs> especially now but like um you know uh not yeah. one of Jay Frakes' best moments, honestly. The uh, the re- reacting to the electric powers. So speaking of him being a silver fox, um, this was the first time I've watched an episode of Star Trek and realized that uh, Riker is younger than me while I'm watching it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. whoa, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. It's true. That weird. yeah, I, I've had those. So you know, I, yeah, I'm I'm thinking I'm closer to the Picard's age than anyone else's. I, I was just about to say I think I'm <laughs> close to Picard's age because I mean, didn't like didn't we look this up a couple of years? Like Patrick Stewart was only like what, like forty three, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm almost there. He was only yeah. forty three. Oh my goodness, yeah. And I that, I, like, I just made up that yeah. number actually. I might be completely off, but I feel like I'm not as off. In his forties, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. Well, know I mean, if he's eighty two now, that would that that math does does Makes sort of sense. track. Yeah, yeah. Yep. How old Picard? TNG <laughs> Google. Actually, it's he, duck, duck, go. Uh, Picard was what forty seven. Well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But the yeah. actor, okay. but the uh, he was playing someone fifty nine apparently. No, really. Picard is fifty nine in the uh, in the in the first season. Huh. Huh. Interesting. That I mean, I just saw that on Screen Rant first first thing first thing I googled on DuckDuckGo. So <laughs> I don't know. Spend time on the, the the Fountain of Youth planet in Insurrection. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Right. That, you know, that, that yeah, where happened. once again, he learned how to live in the moment from Donna Murphy, a perfect, exactly. A perfect skill. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He said, I love you, Donna Murphy. And also I'm going to see you again. And apparently never saw her again, which. Yeah, he did. He saw her in Hello unexpected. Dolly when she did Tuesdays for <laughs> Bette Midler. <laughs> there you uh, go. Many years later. <laughs> 
Um, we're back to Hello yeah. Dolly again. I keep getting there. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a trend in Vegas. I apologize. That's okay. <laughs> I don't hate theater. <laughs> I know Carrie doesn't either, but it's a good bit. You're like you're like the lady you're like the lady Elaine Fairchild of the podcast. I like that. You're like I'm pretending to be grumpy about something, but this reminds me when I was working at the museum and there was an elder, uh, an old volunteer, elderly volunteer, and I was like, "Hey, have you ever been to the zoo?" And she was like, "Oh, I hate zoos. Huh? All those animals in cages." And I always remember that, and I. <laughs> Anyway, sometimes I think the older people get the freer they are with the things that they hate. I guess that probably explains all the trends we're in right now. I mean, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Animals in cage. I mean, that is a fair, pretty fair assessment of zoos. Yeah. She's got us there. I mean, that is, yeah. Well, uh, Judith Light is on one of these episodes of Poker Face I just saw, and they're talking about going to the zoo, and her character's like, I'm I'm an old person. I've seen a fucking emu before. Like, it's very. <laughs> Very good episode. So good. Oh yeah. Uh, so other things before uh, what it, I, I wanted to mention before we move on about this yeah. episode is in season one they recline at the con on, on the bridge. They're very yeah. like loungy. They're very mm-hmm. loungy, and mm-hmm. the interior of the uh, Enterprise at this time reminds me of the Pontiac Bonneville that my Completely. parents had oh, I think in like yeah. 1990. It's and Corinthian it's leather like, in there, baby. Exactly <laughs> a Pontiac Bonneville. So faux, I faux always wood signing. think that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always think that it's exactly what that is. Yeah, I, I was watching the Picard episodes yesterday and then I watched this next gen episode earlier today. And I was thinking, I wonder if I just like Next Gen because of nostalgia. But uh, I, I liked it. I think it's still, yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's impossible to separate myself from my own nostalgia. But um, I don't know. I think it holds up really well. And I think we can't yeah. we can't um, judge uh, all of Next Gen on this very early, this this, this yeah. first season episode sure. too. You know, sure. yeah. but I think yeah. of the first season, this is one of the better episodes. I think this is one of the more iconic or yeah. memorable episodes of the Next Generation. I just and kept forgetting I, to go ahead. Sorry, uh, they referenced it on this previous season of Lower Decks, so mm. I went back and watched that oh, a little bit, right, and it was did. really funny because they that's did the Project Swing By where they mm-hmm. went to go check on the first Second contact, contact planets yeah. <laughs> that they haven't seen in a while. And Picard just left them, and it's been 17 years. Never talked to them ever again. Okay, great. Let's go see how they're doing. That's what he said he was going to do, let them work it out on their yeah. own. I mean, he didn't yeah. say he was going to come back. I mean, yeah. yeah, he never said he was coming back. <laughs> I do forget. I kept forgetting that the episode that follows this one is Skin of Evil. So it keeps right. like... I've watched, I tried to watch it twice this weekend. The first time I fell asleep. So each time I keep waking up and like Tasha Yar is dead. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> I, I, there's, there's some trivia in this episode actually, you know, related to that actually, which is that uh, obviously Skin of Evil is where Tasha Yar dies. But this, um, this episode, Symbiosis, uh, they filmed afterwards. So this was technically her last time playing Tasha Yar oh, before she came back later on and whatnot. And there's a scene late in the episode where Picard and Crusher are walking out of the cargo bay where you actually see Denise Crosby wave goodbye. Oh, like, wow. okay. From, 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 from uh, way, way back. It's really cool. That reminds me of the scene in The Wizard of Oz where you could see that guy hanging himself in it's the true. back. It's true. Yes. 
Can you really see that? I never. I, I never don't was know. Able to tell, I've heard really. about that. <clears throat> it's not real. We're out of the woods. Yeah, we're out of the dark. Real. We're like, out of the light. Oh, someone just found um, themselves in the woods. No, uh, that's. From, uh, <laughs> from what I know about that, I think it's like an. It was like an escaped animal, basically causing like a weird silhouette in the background. But like, okay, yeah, it's not. All right, Mr. IMDb. But, but no, you didn't let me fit. All I'm just saying is basically just like, but if someone did like kill themselves on set, that's exactly what they would say. It's like, no, it was an ostrich that got loose or something. Vegas, <laughs> do you know the episode of, of, of Next Gen where um Barkley becomes like uh gets like shocked by that probe and then gets really smart and then builds yeah. that interface on the holodeck? We mm-hmm. we think of Michael Henley as that for IMDB. Like he's just got like oh, plugged yeah. into all the facts. <laughs> hey, can I can can I can I drop can I drop another one on you? Well, well you yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't appreciate the fact that I just said that sentence. But anyway, I'm gonna continue on. Um, I didn't hear it that way. Keep going. <laughs> um uh <clears throat> IMDB actors basically this uh, episode has two different actors from Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan in it. Uh, Merritt Buttrick, who plays David, plays the head O'Naren, and Judson Scott, who oh, yeah. plays Khan's right-hand dude, uh, plays the head Brecken. So, uh, a little, they were both little, in the Wrath of Khan. What were they playing the in the Wrath of Khan? Do you know? Uh, well, yeah, no. Uh, Merritt Buttrick played David uh, Kirk's son, and oh, I uh, see. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, Judson Scott, the other guy, plays a uh, Khan's right-hand person. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, I know like you look familiar. Mm-hmm. So something else that stood out to me um was the phasers in this episode are like mm-hmm. the tiniest phasers I've oh, ever yes. seen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like smaller than like a garage door opener. Yeah, um, the prop so guy was like, hey, will you paint that vibrator gray and black? Let's see what we can do with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's like That's... just after watching Picard, which is oh, I know, you know, yeah. ostensibly like 50 years in the future, and Beverly Crusher is using this huge ass rifle with two hands <laughs> i guess yeah, it's I'm... like more aesthetic choices between showrunners <laughs> rather than it is like trying to tell us something mm-hmm. about the technology of the time but right I, yeah. yeah i think it's like a first season thing where it's just like look how cool like we're establishing how advanced technology is is and then like the actual people in charge of how the show looks are basically just like yeah but you want a phaser to look like a phaser you know so like if you're doing laundry and your eyes glance up for a second you know what's going on you know like so right it's, 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 it's weird yeah well, it's like the trend in iphones getting smaller and smaller and now they're like we'll make them as yeah. big as we fucking can yeah um, right right and, right yeah, yeah. and uh, I, love, I like the big ones i'm cool with a big old iphone that makes me very happy um we should move on to the next episode just for right. time's sake yep yeah so so there was um, something there I thought I, I, I agree with you. I think the one thing about this episode that I think links well into the next talking about the next episode is the line from Beverly when she was like, um, it's hard to be philosophical when faced with suffering. I yeah. think that links well into this next episode because That's of amazing. her whole thing that she's been doing. Anyway, all right, yeah. continue. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Um, so with this episode, um, Jean-Luc, uh, this is um, <clears throat> season three, episode two, Disengage. I've once again stolen a recap from Sam Stone from CBR. So any of his flowery language, you can blame him for, not me. Thank you very much. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jean-Luc Picard 
and Will Riker's unsanctioned rescue mission to help Beverly Crusher and her son Jack has quickly gone from bad to worse. After deceiving the controversial Captain Liam Shaw to bring the USS Titan A to the border of Federation space under false pretenses, the two old friends found themselves in the mercy of massive enemy vessel. Significantly outgunned, Picard and Riker must turn back to Shaw for help as they face the consequences of their deception much sooner than they anticipated. In a flashback, Jack Crusher is intercepted by Fenris Rangers who are claiming to be delivering vital medical supplies uh, who, who it, while he is claiming to be delivering vital medical supplies to a community facing a deadly contagion. His ship is boarded before he bribes them off. Um, back in the present, Picard and Riker plan to move Beverly Crusher, still in medical stasis, back to their shuttlecraft and contact the Titan for assistance against the formidable enemy vessel. Shaw refuses to aid the rebellious Picard, still bitter that he and Seven of Nine deceived him and disobeyed his orders. Uh, the enemy fires on Crusher's vessel and destroys Riker and Picard's shuttle, effectively trapping them. Riker repels a boarding party before their unseen enemy catches the Crusher's uh, ship in a tractor beam. The Titan comes to their rescue at the last minute before, after being convinced by Seven. Picard disables uh, transport inhibitors, allowing the Titan to beam them aboard before the attacking vessel can regroup to deal with the sudden arrival of Starfleet. The Titan is contacted by the enemy's ship's commander, Captain Vadic, uh, demanding that they relinquish Jack Crusher before showcasing her ship's superior firepower by flinging Crusher's vessel into the Titan. <clears throat> and during grave damage, the Titan is unable to fight back and flee back into Federation space. Shaw reveals to Picard and Riker that Jack is a notorious con artist. He relieves Seven of, of Command for her previous unsanctioned assistance to Picard and Riker and plans to remand Jack to Vadic's custody. With a limited am- amount of time until Shaw acts, Picard speaks privately with Jack in the brig, but is unable to ascertain who the young man's father is and why he has become such an infamous figure in the galaxy. Meanwhile, frustrated that her handlers remain uncommunicative, Raffi sets out to find out who stole the weapons used to attack the Starfleet Recruitment Center. Raffi manages to gain an audience with a gangster named Sneed, (laughs) despite the Frankie's fearsome reputation, uh, and begins asking him about the stolen weaponry. As Sneed prepares to execute Raffi after seeing through her deception, she is rescued by Picard's former colleague, Worf, who reveals himself as her handler. While Riker revives Beverly in the Titan sickbay, Jack escapes from the brig and makes his way to the transporter room, where he is intercepted by Seven. Beverly arrives on the bridge, and when she exchanges a knowing glance with him, Picard realizes that Jack is their son. Now more invested in Jack's safety than ever, Picard decides to reject Vadic's demands, but Vadic is sadistically gleeful at the chance to pursue Picard and wipe out the Titan. And that's the uh, second episode of season three of uh, Picard. Thoughts? <laughs> well, from a uh, really? space battle perspective, uh, oh, yeah. the bad guys throwing another ship into the Titan <laughs> <laughs> tractor beam. That was awesome. Very cool. It was. I've yeah. never seen that before. <clears throat> the, yeah. the Titan interrupting that ship's tractor beam by warping in and putting itself in between the two ships. Uh, another thing I'd never seen before yeah. in Star Trek. So two cool space battle things. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I agree. And I, I, um, I don't know if you all recognize the um actor playing that the actress playing Vadic. She's oh, yeah. done a, a number of things, but for what yeah. I know that person from, 
is the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer, where she plays right. um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, the sister. Yeah. She plays the axe murderer. She, she plays the, yes. the yeah. <laughs> Rose. Oh, yeah, right. Amanda. Yeah. Amanda Plummer, uh, daughter of a uh, yeah, Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that was Christopher Plummer's daughter. Good for her. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. And her villain was is so good. It's so oh, yeah. over it's the delightful. top, but like perfect. Yeah. It's. It's a grounded over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, Star they, Trek they, over the top perfect. They yeah. found a really good actress to to play that character, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of uh, her. Yeah, hell yeah. No, I, I very much enjoyed that. Um, what do you think? I know, I know both Michael and Carrie, you were like, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think he's going to be Picard's son. That's not, they won't. Uh, well, the reason <laughs> I don't think, the reason I still am not buying it, and even if he is Picard's son, I'm not buying it. And maybe it's just a casting choice because the actor, um, Ed Spilers, Spielers, I don't know how to say his mm-hmm. name. <laughs> he's, he's 34, 35 years old. And the timeline doesn't make sense to me. How mm. could he, they have a 35? Like they're saying that actor, that character is 20. He does not look 20 years old to me. Mm-hmm. He looks 35 years old to me. So yeah. if they have a 20 year old son, I don't believe it's that character. And then they list all the things that this guy has done through the, you know, why he's wanted. And I'm like a 20 year old couldn't rack up all that stuff like a 34-year-old could, but, yeah. you know, that's too much stuff for a 20-year-old to rack up. Um, so there's, like, I don't, did they say that she's was, she was um, MIA for, like, 20 years? They did say that she was MIA for 20 they years. They said yeah. 20 years, so I would mm. think she would have a 20-year-old son, right? Mm. You'll, I know you have not seen the next episode, so, but they get, right. they get into more detail. That's, I'll just say Okay, that. well... That's why I would didn't want to watch the next episode while I talked about this one. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair yeah. point, fair point. But Ed, um, that actor also is on another one of my um, uh, obsessions, which is Outlander. He plays like a um, really bad guy on Outlander, like a a big a baddie, a bad guy, okay, a big bad guy. Um, uh, he's really good. He's really good. So when I was watching, I was like, where does I know? Where do I know that guy from? Where do I know that? Outlander. Outlander. Okay. Yeah. I don't have the best like recognizing actors by their faces brain, but I do feel like he looks just like the actor they cast to play young Professor Xavier in X-Men First Class. <laughs> he does oh, yeah. look like oh, him. I can yeah. see that, yeah. <laughs> like, is, yeah. They're just a casting call for dudes. <laughs> well, here's the thing. They, <laughs> casting, casting, <laughs> casting people will do that. They will have files of people who just are actors who look like younger versions of other people. I have a mm. friend who is on file as, as being able to play young Kathy Bates. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's awesome. I want that. That's, yeah. yeah. No, that, that's a good thing to have in your toolkit there. Like, Yeah, I'm on file to play young Rosie O'Donnell and I'm looking forward when it happens. <laughs> um, uh, assuming Jack Crusher is factually supposed to be Picard's son, uh, it's funny that the way they're showing that to the audience is by giving him a British accent, something that is yeah. not inherited genetically. Yeah. That's another thing that 
that I was. They, t- they do uh, talk about that in the next episode, too. I will okay, put that out there. Okay, that does okay. Get mentioned. Uh, does get also, I just remembered James McAvoy is who you're thinking of, yes. right? James yes. McAvoy. Mr. Tumnus the Fawn, James McAvoy. Yes. James oh, that's right. Amazing. Yeah. He's very good, James McAvoy. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I think uh, I, I'll be interested to see what you think about how they explain some things in the next episode. I did enjoy that the way that they had him really realize that that's a son is just with a look, with just eyes to eyes with Beverly. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. like that as I like that as it a, was like the episode we watched last attached, week with their exactly. yeah their uh, yeah. telepathy. Their old telepathy came that back. That old telepathy came back. They don't say chemistry. <laughs> they say our old telepathy is back. <laughs> yeah. What do y'all think about Captain Shaw? He's overplaying like the sadism yeah. a little I, bit for my taste, yeah. but I don't know. I yeah. kind of love him. I kind of love him. Um, I love how he's not a bad guy. He's the guy who, you know, like, he's the guy. If this show was... If we didn't know anything about Jean-Luc Picard and this show was called Star Trek Shaw, I'd be like, yeah, totally. He's yeah. totally in the right, yeah. basically. It's only because he- we love Jean-Luc so much that we're kind of siding against him. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's seven, not right? all not all yeah. captains in uh, Starfleet can be like Jean-Luc Picard no. and Kirk and go no. rogue and blow ships up. This guy's just like, I'm just trying to do this mission. We are uh, an exploratory ship. We do not have the guns for this. We're trying to get home. So let's go. All good points. Yeah. 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 He's not wrong <clears throat> about that. I just I just don't like the um the ex-Borg hate he's got in his heart for seven. Yeah, that's no, weird. For, that part flaws. I don't love. Yeah. There's something yeah. weird mm-hmm. there. There's something weird there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Some um, weird personal thing, grudge that he's got well, against. He probably her said, for like, some we'll five, we'll f- three five nine or or whatever or yeah there's relatives always who were there. three five nine but then you would hate locutus then you would hate picard then you'd i like... think i think he might i don't it doesn't seem like yeah. he's got a lot of love for picard <laughs> <laughs> you know they i mean they 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 always hinted at this on and off like you know during the like original run like if you remember that the the opening episode of d space nine you know cisco has beef with picard because of yeah three five nine like cutest and even in the first contact movie you know like they're all they're sent out patrol the neutral zone or whatever because it's basically just like uh yeah starfleet command actually doesn't trust you so like there's the whole mm-hmm. kind of like mm. you know like some of the higher-ups never really 100 percent kind of forgave picard really for you know the whole borg kerfuffle you know you know who i'd love to see come back as a captain from who was an actor of ill not well known at the time but was in first contact Adam Scott was one of the like it was like oh, yeah. I think he was on the on the on whatever ship Worf was on and they're the like getting ha- on the defiant yeah, yeah and really? they're like getting hammered and then he's like there's a ship coming in it's the enterprise and it's Adam Scott <laughs> so I just want I want him to come <laughs> from that just to be like captain you know whatever <laughs> we, we, were, we were watching that a couple nights ago and you know both both me and my part we were both talking about how like you know the character he plays on how Parks cute he is i mean no, and, that. sorry sorry <laughs> no well yeah well that also i mean no he's he's a snack um the character he played on parks and recreation basically just like how cool like who is such an uber nerd on that show it's just like he would die if he knew there was yeah. an alternate version of himself out there who got to say in a star trek movie it's the enterprise <laughs> <laughs> and adam scott would be a great starfleet captain too agreed. Would. yeah agreed agreed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, imagine him in that tight little captain's outfit. Never mind. Sorry, that's me. <laughs> I'll stop that line of thinking. I apologize. I did um, think um uh for for a little bit when they were uh Picard and Riker were in the um captain's quarters briefing room wherever they were sitting at a table with Captain Shaw it was so mm-hmm. darkly lit in that room that mm-hmm. for a little bit I was like oh maybe he's like the captain from the first season of Discovery yeah where he's from the oh, other universe yeah. oh, yeah. I don't yeah. like light and then I was like Jason no no Isaacs, this show just yeah. lights everything super no. dark yeah. yeah it's just That's, a dark yeah. show yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah yeah um um did frakes i think frakes directed this one maybe uh, he directed a he directed episode three three okay three 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 okay who directed this one this episode was directed by uh douglas aronofsky i see whose who, name that, i've that seen name on a bunch familiar. of things yeah well, i think it may be uh, darren aronofsky who was like that's a more, probably why yeah um well let's talk about uh Raffi and Worf. Raffi and Worf. Yeah. Or just Raffi going to that uh planet and Raffi, I I'm like I'm really my feelings about Raffi's character fluctuate because mm-hmm. on one hand I appreciate that they're showing a different type of person. Mm-hmm. than we usually see on Star Trek but on the other hand I'm like get it together and also all the people around her are mean to her all the time for yeah, no yeah. real reason I don't see I don't see her being as awful as the people around her say that she is we're, we're I mean? only getting mm. we're only getting her bad behavior through exposition so yes. we don't we don't have yeah. like the um yeah yeah right. i'm just seeing her trying to be a good person and i mm-hmm. like the idea of somebody trying to be a good person but not really getting it right all the time i think that's a smart uh character choice but um then her ex-husband makes her choose between work oh, yeah. what and her jerk. son and that's yeah. really that's not fair either it's like you're on drugs she's like no i'm working Mm-hmm. You always choose work over your son. I'm like, well, this is this is Star Trek universe. What is wrong with working? I don't understand that problem. Yeah. So well, they're they're painting her as obsessive and unable to, and like, yeah, it's it's. I I, I agree with you. I, I wish that if she if they want to have her be someone who's making bad choices. Let's see some of those choices so we can have the visceral feeling of like, no, Rafi, yeah. don't do that. You're going to ruin yeah. this relationship versus them being like, you know what you did. Like, yeah. What did, what did she do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like, yeah, I mean, I. Are has been. Divicey Ooh. where it's like, um, you're, you know, you're like, cutting in and out. Can you repeat that again? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Rafi is feeling very much like kind of like a plot device this season to me, where mm-hmm. it's right. just like we need. Mm-hmm. To have someone to follow, they need to have this conversation. They need to do the investigative work. They need to be a a, a lever that introduces Worf, basically, in this episode, which right. is a cool, mm. cool, you know, uh, introduction, basically. I, but, I think uh, Worf and her could be very interesting moving forward because yeah. how much of a mess uh, Raffi is, Worf could maybe help her out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
It's, but I better not weird. see another failed romance for Worf. I better not see another oh, failed romance. He's been through Worf. enough. He yeah, has seriously. been through enough. Yeah. What if what if Ghost Judzia Dax comes back? You oh know, my and, God. And it... <laughs> terrible. I mean, Worf did look like... really cool, and Worf. I mean, Worf got to cut somebody's head off. I thought that was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. That we never got intense. to see the Batlith actually do any real damage. In That's Next right. Gen. And it, made, it was a clean cut, too. Clean it was cut, like baby. one of those uh, Ginsu knives uh-huh. commercials, cutting a yeah. tomato. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's got, like, long white hair and a white goatee and just a fat-ass samurai sword. Yeah. 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 And how does he look more handsome? Because Michael you know, Dorn right? is very handsome. Michael mm. Dorn is very handsome, but yeah. he's putting on this makeup and somehow it makes him more handsome. I don't know. I mean, I don't understand it. <laughs> they've definitely pulled it. It's not like the, I mean, especially looking at this, this episode of next gen we watched um, the, the, the makeup is very different. I think yeah, they've, they've scaled it back in a way. But... has changed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But even though he hasn't gone full, full to the different, you know, Klingon mm-hmm. versions we've seen in discovery, but I mean, we've been through this before, right? Didn't they have to like retcon, yeah, um, when <laughs> the Klingons in the original series that didn't have any forehead bumps whatsoever, it's like we yeah. had a disease. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. And Worf was the one who did it, right? Worf it. did it in yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I had it's to like, fix that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the um the one Ferengi in this episode, uh, I thought his makeup looked really good. Um, yeah, yeah. 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 It was a very like, hey, look at this de- look at this decapitated head I have episode. There were there, there are a I, couple of decapitated heads. I liked that episode. I like the um the Ferengi. I like the depiction of the Ferengi in this episode because they kind of in Deep Space Nine, we explored the Ferengi world a lot, but they are always were very kind of comical, humorous, funny, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And this showed like the original uh concept of why one might be afraid and stay away mm-hmm. from Ferengis, you know? Yeah, I, I exactly. Yeah, there they were such like kind of comic energy on Deep Space Nine. It was nice to like they were very kind of buffoons. It was nice to see one as just kind of like a dangerous crime lord, you know, like where you mm-hmm. would not want to mess with this. Yeah, I wouldn't want to mess I, with Moogie, but I, I get it. She was she was a little comical, true. you know. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they set them up. I remember the first Frangie episode on the Next Generation. I have a vague memory of this. They kind of set them up as like, these are dangerous. These these guys are dangerous. Stay away. Well, and also yeah. kind of subhumanoid at first too. They're yeah. like on a foggy yeah. field with like lightning whips. <laughs> Very. They're kind of moving oh, yeah. like Gollum, you know, like yeah, Gollum, yeah. precious. <sighs> I, I think the intent there was supposed to be, yes, they're the most dangerous thing around. And then unfortunately in execution, it became like, oh, they kind of look like the monkeys from Wizard of Oz. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're not the best scary. work, Michael Westmore. Yeah. Well, I think in this episode of Picard, it kind of resolved some of that for me. Mm-hmm. Like it makes yeah. me believe that, okay, I don't want to have a, a relationship with all Ferengis. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad oh. that I, I I'm glad they have brought I think Raffi and Worf together have the um, chance to be actually a very compelling you know um, tension filled duo you know what I mean Yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Raffi's like problem with drugs uh, is I don't know what I think about it um, be- 
I think it is part of an issue that I have with a lot of the new Star Trek series is they feel a lot more pessimistic about the future. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think what I really like about older Trek is this optimistic view of, you know, in the future, we're going to solve all the problems and, uh, you know, maybe we'll go out and explore and there will be weird stuff in space, but uh, we're going to fix all at our... Home. Yeah, yeah, at home, we're pretty mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, but but newer Trek people seem a lot more tortured all the time. Yeah. Well, and I think I think what they've said about that, and what Jonathan Frakes has said a lot, is that when Gene Roddenberry was still alive, and even after he died, when his family was still more, whatever the the legacy was that there are no like very low stakes internally. You know, like mm-hmm. we don't we don't yeah. have issues on our ship. We don't have issues in the Federation. Except for worms that take over admirals every once in a while. Um, G, G had a rule about no conflict amongst Starfleet officers. Like that yeah. was his whole big yeah. thing. They had and that's around. gone now. They're allowed to like, and I think, yeah. which does make for, it, it, it's definitely different from what we're used to, but does make for um, some higher stakes, which is good. It's so funny because my, my, my uh, Eric Thomas, who was, who was our last guest, was talking about how when he writes these plays, he's always just like, I just want everyone to get along, <laughs> like have a good time. And oh, his editors yeah. are like, no, but can, has, can something happen for them? Yeah. Can bad happen? I'm okay. You know? <laughs> I think it's the balance that I'm missing, like that yeah. the the character of Raffi. And if you want to show drug use and people don't that don't have their shit together, that's fine. But they're not there's not enough balance of like the good that they boast about all the time it's it's like a they're telling and not showing when i feel like mm-hmm. they should show mm-hmm. a little bit more of that utopia that they keep bragging about yeah instead of all of this like uh i don't know anger um t- tenseness uh pr- you have to prove yourself to some starfleet captain it- it's too tense it should be a little bit more of a, a safe space here at in earth here at this utopia <laughs> so this is i just wish they the, would show uh, it a little bit more just to balance it out i think i i agree with you and i i don't think it's insurmountable but i do think this is part of the problem with uh with a tv show now where it's like it's 10 episodes you know it's one you know story because a a real you know not to be i'm enjoying this season but if you really want to get to uh you know a farewell season to all these characters basically would not be complete without like them getting along and like you know doing like and and you know playing poker (laughs) yeah and and, and playing violin and let's go to the holodeck for a bit basically because that's what next generation was you know yeah so bev's putting on one of her dumb plays let's go down to the holodeck yeah right right yeah (laughs) no i get that oh i just finished watch oh continue no it's just it's weird because that kind of stuff like oh, we're just hanging out pretending to be Sherlock Holmes this week, or oh, yeah, we, right. we gotta go watch our friend play violin this week. It's all very silly, but it also like kind of uh, contributes to this tone that makes you feel like, oh, I wish I lived yeah. on a starship yes. like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and it also, yeah, I mean, I always liked that too, especially especially like the Sherlock Holmes stuff and like Picard having like the Shakespeare stuff. Like, it doesn't have to be held up, but I, I always loved the idea that Star Trek had so much time to kind of fill out its world and everything that like it really established that they like have like a shared culture and stuff and like people still read books mm-hmm. and do plays and like mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes is like an icon, you know, and and Picard loves his Shakespeare and stuff like that. It's like the idea of like they haven't just like built a utopia, like they've built something with like 
centuries and centuries of culture that's preserved basically and i always liked that yeah and i think and if these say... go ahead carrie oh no i was just gonna say i think if these shows started here if if we started with like discovery and uh mm-hmm. the um, strange new worlds I don't know if we would have appreciated as much. We because what's making us like these shows is everything that came before it. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, so that was what I'm thinking. What were you going to say, Vegas? I was just going to say I, I don't want to give the impression that I like hate everything because it's not yeah. what it used to be like, and don't change anything ever. Um, <laughs> it's just it's interesting to see like the difference in tone between um yeah. the older shows and the newer ones. Um, yeah. the difference in lighting. The yeah. difference in lighting very much. <laughs> Absolutely. Like literally it's a, you know, I'm all about like, well, it looks cool. So like that's fine, but like I still want to be like I would not be able to work on this starship. <laughs> Turn on a damn light. Yeah, for sure. Turn on the lights. <laughs> well, we are coming to the end of our time, my friends. So if you have any sort of final thoughts on this app you want to share, and now is the time. Any any last thoughts we you think we've missed? Oh, there's so much more I want to say. You know, yeah, Carrie's got a full a full <laughs> novel ready to go. I've got I've got notes on my phone. I've got notes in my notebook. I've got notes on the screen. <laughs> I have my Star Trek journal. Well, you can pick one of those to say right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I appreciated I appreciate these episodes together. To it has mm-hmm. like a good um uh, a good see where we came from, see where we are. Yeah, kind good of, juxtaposition. Uh, a good juxtaposition, and you can really get a feel for more of like the world that is or was or will be, um, and there was a point that Picard made in the next gen episode that it's not their mission to impose earth's values on <laughs> other societies. And I really like that point because when I'm what uh, complaints that I have about episodes is when they don't follow that rule. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, why are you do that? You can't, that's not your, you can't do that just because earth people don't like that. You can't go to that planet and tell them not to do it, but tell them not anyway. to sacrifice their child to, yeah. the, to the whatever it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't. I'm interested to see what's going on with Jack uh, Jack Crusher. Yeah. Where his accent came from? Yeah. <laughs> Where his accent uh, came from? I just want to say, musical score for these episodes continues to be aces. Agreed. Loving the music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I. Uh, I don't know if you guys talked about this last week or not, but the um, like opening credits and the ending credits, they changed to be more like the next generation because I guess this is the big next gen cast season. And mm-hmm. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, they went back mm-hmm. to Jerry Goldsmith's um, yeah tunes for it, which is awesome, yeah. which is so good. Um, yeah, I really love that. You just mm-hmm. work with the classic Klingon theme and everything. I love it. I love it yeah. so much. Mm-hmm. And, I, and he's also listening to um, Worf. What is that? Did I do that? Oh, sorry. I know. Hold on. There's uh, something playing in my ears. 
Hold on one second. <laughs> we can't hear it. We can't hear it. You just turned you, on you, some music. No, we can't hear anything. You can't hear it. Okay, cool. No, I, I, my, 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 uh, my, my, uh, my hand hit the space bar now. She's like, what's happening? <laughs> um, no, but Worf is listening. I'm not sure if it's this episode or next episode, but Worf is listening to some opera. That's all I'll say. I see. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't think it's Klingon opera, but it is opera. He loves um, Klingon opera, though. He does love Klingon opera. He's very, 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 very into it. Um, Captain well, Shaw telling Riker <laughs> that he hates jazz made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> he's like, you bebop boys, you know, you're so messy. He's basically telling him to cut his hair, Ippy. I mean, I like that yeah. very much. <laughs> very good. Well, we should we should uh, bring things to a close. Um, Vegas, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate thank you, you. Um, um, and hope you had a good time. And uh, and we didn't, you know, make you uh, hate Star Trek by our by you know getting to the nitty gritty of things. Um, <laughs> thank you for doing the good work of analyzing every Star Trek episode. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if we've agreed to do that. We are we are analyzing <laughs> we'll a certain number of Star Trek episodes. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get don't there. worry, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, um, and we end every episode with a song. And so yeah. I why don't we do that song from The Wizard of Oz? We're out of the woods, we're out of the dark, we're out of the light. Come into the woods, come into the light.